I'd like for you to share and stand with me this morning. I'm going to read the scripture this morning. Found over in Matthew chapter 21, beginning with verse 1. Let's all stand together for the reading of God's word this morning. Matthew 21, 1. I'll read the scripture this morning for the first time in four months. I've got a tie on and it don't feel bad. So Matthew 21, 1. The word of God, uh, God is good. All the time. Amen. The word of God says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage in the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once find a donkey tied there with her coat by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Say to the daughter Zion, See, comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the coat and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the ground, while others cut branches from the tree and spread them on the road. The crowds went ahead of him, and those followed him shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer together. And Randy? Julius in a word of prayer. Amen. You may be seated. The disciples went and did as Jesus instructed them. Do it God's way. Palm Sunday. What a great day. As you was able to look at those palms, isn't it amazing on that day how that so many people wanted to rejoice in the Lord? How that so many people just wanted to be able to catch a glimpse of, of the Lord. And the disciples, they had some things to do. Now, the disciples had their faults, didn't they? Amen? They didn't always do what Christ wanted them to do. They didn't always behave and act in a way that Christ wanted his disciples to do. They all had faults, but praise be to God, even with their faults, Jesus and God still loved them, didn't he? Well, I'm glad of that today, aren't you? Because I believe today that each and every one of us that have turned our heart and life over to Jesus Christ, that we all are disciples of Christ, right? Amen? We're all made that decision to follow after Christ and to do our very best to do God's will. Now, I don't know about you, but I can promise you something. This disciple has faults in his lives. Amen? We all fall short of the glory of God. And there's sometimes that I'm shouting Hosanna to Christ and I'm waving those palm leaves and I'm rejoicing in the grace of God and I'm saying, God, I love you more than anything else and God, I want to be able just to lay my eyes upon you and God, I just want to be able to see you. Those are days when I am truly rejoicing in the Lord. Those are the days you feel alive and well as a Christian, right? And you feel God's presence in your heart and your life and you believe beyond any shadow of a doubt, that you can conquer anything that the world throws at you. The disciples were just like that. 
They wanted to do it God's way. They, they wanted to behave in a way that God wanted them to behave. They wanted to speak in a way that God wanted them to speak. They wanted to do God's way and understand God's will. Well, on Palm Sunday, the disciples got it right. They were listening to God, and God was telling them exactly what he needed for them to do. And for the things that was going to be fulfilled, for the scriptures to be fulfilled, as we shared with you this morning, it was going to be step by step, and each and every one of them had an important job to do on Palm Sunday, and each and every one of them needed to follow the grace of God. I, I truly love this, and I hope you do too. God looks at every Christian the same, doesn't he? Amen? Isn't it great? We talked about Billy Graham and others this morning in our Sunday school class. But let me tell you what. Whoever you believe is the best Christian in all the world that did it God's way more than anybody else, God looks at each and every one of us and loves us just as much as that person, doesn't he? God loves you. God doesn't say that anybody else is better than you. God believes that each and every one of us that are disciples of Christ that God has a job for each and every one of us to do. But so often, we just make excuses, don't we? Any of you ever made excuses before? I do. If you're honest with yourself, you probably make them every day, don't you? You put off what you need to do today to when? Tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and you decide, oh, I don't. Let's wait another day or two. And then after a while, you forget about it until your wife reminds you, right? You make those excuses. Excuses of why you cannot do it. You don't really have the time. You don't have the education. So what it really boils down to is you don't have the want to, do you? You just don't want to. Even though God tells you this is what he wants from you and you want to do it God's way. I believe as Christians... Deep down inside of us somewhere, we want to do it God's way. Amen? We really do. If we didn't, we wouldn't say we love God. But so often, instead of saying, I'm going to do it God's way, I'm going to do it the way that God wants me to do, so often we decide we want to put our own two cents worth in, don't we? We want to say, God, I like your plan, but let me tell you what I think about it. God, God I, I like how you want I, It looks really good. I've had people say this to me before. It looks really good on paper, but how is it really going to look when we start acting upon it? Well, let me tell you something. God's plans not only look good on paper, they look good in action, don't they? When we do what? When we do it God's will. And I truly believe when we're doing it God's way and doing what God wants us to do, God to equip each and every one of us with what we need to do God's will. But we have to be willing to do God's will. We have to be willing to say, God, here I am. Use me to be able to do your will. I've heard it over the years, and I've said it before about many people here at the church this morning that can hear my voice. People do change over life, don't they? They take on new responsibilities. You look at young Christians that become leaders of your church. You look at young Christians that take on that role that God wants them to do. Is it them doing it all by themselves? 
Did a light switch go off one day and they said, I want to do better, God. I, I want to be a leader in the church. I want to do this. I want to do that. No. It's God giving them what they need. On Palm Sunday, God was giving a whole lot to the disciples, wasn't he? He was giving them tasks to do. He was giving them things that they need to do. With my memory right now, thank God for sticky notes. Amen? I write them everywhere. Everywhere. They're on my computer. They're on my, the only problem I have with my sticky notes, you want to know what it is? And I promise you, none of the rest of you have ever been here before. I'll, make, I'll put it down on a sticky note, but the only problem is I forget where my sticky note is, right? This, I know what I need to do. I make all those little things. Well, the disciples, God knew that they were easily distracted. Easily they could hear what God wants them to do, and, and all of a sudden they go a different way. A lot of us think about, well, you know, our kids, most of our kids were like that when they were younger, weren't you? You would tell them to do something, and for some unknown reason, they would look at you and go, Yes, Daddy. Yes, Mama. And they would go do exactly the what? The opposite. Exactly the opposite. God knew how the disciples were. Disciples would do the same. Yes, God. Yes, Jesus. Yes, I'm willing to do it. But so often, the disciples became so easily distracted they didn't do God's will. Well, let's look today. What would Christ say to all of us? I believe Jesus would say to us, just do it. Just do what I say. Go and do what I say. Listen to me. Don't listen to anybody else. You can always make excuses. You can always say, let someone else do it, but... I believe if God wants you to do something and he asks you to do something, he expects you to what? Do it. Do it. That's simple, isn't it? Because so often God asks me, and I'm in the category too, folks, let me tell you. God asks me to do something, and the longer I put it off, the harder it is. You want to know why? Because I start putting my stuff in it. Oh, what if this happens? What if this occurs? What if somebody don't like the way I'm doing it? What will people think? How will they look at me? Well, the disciples simply were told to go and do what God had asked them to do. The disciples went and did and asked and behaved in a way that God wanted them to do. They could have said, why does he need a donkey? Jesus looked at them and says, go to the village Untie those donkeys and bring them back to me. Why do they, why does he need a donkey? Why does he need that? Well, Jesus had given them everything they needed to carry out this task. You know what it was? Two feet. Two feet was all they needed to walk and do God's will. Let me tell you what happens so often. We take for granted what God gives us, don't we? Take for granted for what God gives us. This time last year, well, maybe a little past that, I didn't think a, a thing about, at the end of church, walking out to our car and going home. Didn't think anything about it. 
didn't bother me at all to put one foot in front of the other and walk right out the door and get to the car, jump up in my truck, put it in drive, and go home. Didn't think a thing about it. Do you think there was a single day back then that I went through that I didn't say to God, God, thank you for being able to let me walk? I didn't think anything. That was just normal to me. I I just thought, it's always going to be the same. I ain't going to worry about it. Well, I figured out something. The disciples had a precious gift from God. They had the ability to walk and do God's will. Because let me tell you what, God could have easily took that away from them, couldn't he? He could have easily took away what they needed to carry up his work. I remember the first day after one of my surgeries, it was always scary when they came in and they opened both the doors and about five or six nurses came in the door and they looked at me and they would say, Paul? Are you ready to go for a walk? And I remember looking at Sheila and going, Oh, my Lord, this is not going to go well. And I never, ever, ever at my house thought, Lord, thank you for letting me just be able to roll over and get in a position to get out of bed. never thought about that. But I remember that first time that I tried and I'd heard all these people scream up and down the halls and all that. And I looked at Sheila and I said, honey, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to scream. I'm not going to holler. I'm not going to moan. I'm not going to groan. I'm just going to get up there and be ready to walk. Well, I didn't moan or groan. And I made sure I didn't say anything outside. But let me tell you what, underneath my breath, Randy Davis, there were some things that I was saying that you do not need to say at church. Amen. You don't. I was hurting. I was hurting. Finally got to the side of the bed, and I, they decided to get me up. And Sheila said there was always, I liked what Debbie talked about it with Children's Church this morning, there was always a parade when I got up to walk. They would have five or six nurses. Sheila would be behind me with a chair, and somebody would be pushing those machines and all of these different things. And I remember I took three steps the first day. You say, three steps, preacher. What are you talking? Three steps. Let me tell you what. Three steps is better than two. And that's what I kept telling myself. When I'd get to ten, I'd say, ten's better than nine. But I knew something. God gave me what I needed to be able to walk again. Now, it's not always been easy. But let me tell you what. The disciples didn't need to take for granted what God had given them. God gave them two feet to go and do the work of God. Go and do his work. Folks, so often you say to yourself, preacher, I I don't have it. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to carry on what God wants me to carry on. I, I, I just want somebody else. We talked about this in Sunday school too. I want somebody else to bless me instead of me blessing myself. Amen. I don't want to work at it. I want somebody just to give it to me. Some of the disciples could have said, well, can't we call somebody and tell them to bring the donkeys to us? Can't we call Grubhub or whatever that may be and say, we need two donkeys. Can you bring two donkeys to us? And Jesus would have looked at them and said, no, this is your task. Just go do it. Go get those donkeys. I love it when... The disciples just simply did this. 
went and did what Jesus asked. They went and did. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be great on Palm Sunday when Jesus asked you whatever to do? Wouldn't it be great if you just said, okay, Jesus, whatever you ask of me, I'm going to do. Now, I know you're going to take care of me, and I know you're going to give me what I need to be able to conquer that task. Dear Lord, and I, I want you to understand this, it's okay sometimes to be scared. It's okay sometimes to be frightened. It's okay sometimes to wonder. It's okay sometimes to say to yourself, I don't know if I can do it. <clears throat> Let me tell you something. I can't do anything. But we can. You know who the other person is? I know Jesus is there with me. And I know he's going to give me what I need to be able to conquer that task that God has asked me to do. Not only just go do it. Use what God has given you. Use what he has given you to glorify God. It is so great here at the church. I told Sheila we're going to preach as long as we want. But we'll get it. We'll get it done. It is so great here at the church to see how that God gives us what we need. Amen? We need somebody to lead worship when the preacher's not here. God led somebody, BJ, don't you hide back there. God led BJ to do that. God gave, but BJ could have said, no, no, thank you. God needed somebody to teach Sunday school class. God brought Nick along. Nick started sharing Sunday school class and our teachers downstairs and the others that lead. God gives people the ability to do things. We have to be willing to say, God, I'm going to do that. I'm going to teach children's church like Debbie has done, I and Naomi has done, and others Melissa has done. I, I'm going to do those type of things because, God, you asked me to do it, and I am willing to do your work. I'm not only willing just to... To do it, I'm going to take what you've given me, and I'm going to use it for your glory and for your honor. Also, you need to complete the job. Well, we have some great ideas, don't we? Amen? I've, I've been a preacher, Lord, since I got my churches back in 1987. That a long time ago, wasn't it? You wouldn't believe how many great ideas I've heard since 1987. I don't know what percentage of those great ideas ever worked or ever happened. I would say my percentage as a preacher is pretty low because we have great ideas, don't we? God says, why don't we do this? Why don't you enjoy doing this? Why don't you take this into your church? Why don't you use that? And we say, oh, boy, that sounds good. That sounds great, God. I I really think that is what our church needs to do. But so often when the rubber hits the what? The road, we just sort of back up, don't we? We're not willing to do what God wants us to do. Now, think about this. What good would it have done if the disciples said, Oh, yes, Lord, I'm, we're willing to do what you ask. Oh, yes, Lord. We're going to go get that donkey for you. Now, what good would it have done if the, donkey, if the disciples had left Jesus, walked to where they needed to go, untied those donkeys and said, well, I guess I've done my part. We'll just leave the donkeys here. They don't need to walk them back to Jesus. We've sort of done what he's asked. We've got 50% of the job done. We'll, we'll just leave the donkeys here. Let me tell you what. 
their task would have what? Would have failed. They didn't complete the job that Christ asked them to do. So often as Christians, we're just like that. We get off to a great start. We say, well, I'm willing to, I'm willing to go, go, go. I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. Be like me getting up on Sunday morning and saying, I'm going to preach to you now, and I'll read the scripture, and I say, amen, we're done. That's it. Well, it started pretty good. We, we knew the scripture was in the Bible and all those type of things. But I believe that God not only wants you to do something. Are you ready for this? He wants you to finish it. He wants you to finish it. He wants you to start it, and he wants you to finish it. He wants you to start witnessing to somebody. It's easy to witness to people that it's easy to witness to, isn't it? It's easy to witness to people that when they say, Oh, yes, I want to hear about God. I want to hear how great God is. And I want to hear how God can save me. That's easy to do. That's easy to do. But so often we want to witness to somebody. God lays it on our heart, and it gets hard to witness to them because they don't listen like you do. They don't hear like you do. They don't want to hear what you say. They don't want to behave like you want them to behave. And so often we just throw our hands up and say, well, I knew it was going to be too hard anyhow. Who's going to finish it? I want you to know something. When you do God's will and you finish his work, God is going to bless you, isn't it? God is going to bless you and your family for doing God's will and finishing God's work. And lastly, well, I actually had two points, but we'll put them all together. It takes all of us, doesn't it? takes all of us when you think about all those people that was waving i got you still got them here wave your palm leaves just a little bit took all of them didn't it all of them on the side of the road they were shouting hosanna they were shouting how great jesus was and how wonderful it was it took all of them in one accord to do the work of god working together well, we, we live in a society today, it's so hard to get people to work together, isn't it? Because everybody's got their own thought about something. And most people say, if you don't believe it my way, if it's not my way, hit the what? Hit the highway. You're gone. Because I don't care. My way is what I want it for done. This is the way I want it to be completed. This is the way I am. <laughs> I was told by... A person, when I was in their house working for social services a couple years ago, they looked at me, and I know you all are not going to believe this, but they looked at me and told me that I was stubborn because all I wanted them to do was do it my way and behave in a way I wanted them to behave. Well, I believe all of us, some of us won't agree with this today, and you may say, that preacher offended me. Well, I'm sorry, okay? But I believe we all got some stubborn in us, don't we? We've all got that little streak in us that we say, this is as far as I will go. Well, I'll be one of the big words. People say, well, how do you keep marriages together? How do you keep friendships together? How do you do those type of things? Well, I think one big word we need to learn is compromise, don't we? Compromise. As a church, there's some things we can't compromise on. 
as a church, there's some things we cannot compromise on. When God wants us to work together, it takes who? 98% of us. Well, let me tell you something. I figured out over the years, that 2% can cause you a whole lot of problems, can't they? If you want to do something, you have to have everyone working together because you can't be pulling against each other because you're not going to get anywhere. You're going to be stuck in the same spot you were and you're going to remain there for a long time working together. You might say, well, Brother Paul, what if they're not believing or doing things that I think should be done? Well, I still believe it's okay to pray together, isn't it? It's still okay to pray and say, God, we're not seeing eye to eye. We're not seeing exactly the same way. God, what do we need to do? And I, I believe this beyond any shadow of a doubt. God's going to give you what you need for that situation to be worked out. Working together. And lastly this morning, share with others how great God is. I told you it's, it's so easy to when we think about Palm Sunday and Easter. I, I think about all these people that went from shouting Hosanna to shouting crucify him. How, how could this be? In a short period of time, how could people go from rejoicing in God to wanting to crucify him? Well, folks, we see that all the time in society, don't we? All the time that people are rejoicing in God, but all of a sudden they turn their face and their back upon God. Today as Christians, I believe those palm leaves, we're going to ask you to leave them here today because we're going to what? Use them next year, okay? I'll let you in on a secret. But I think you need to take this with you in your mind every day, don't you? Every day you need to be rejoicing in God, even if it's bad. Rejoice on those good days. Rejoice on those bad days. And tell other people about God. Witness to them. Tell them about the Savior on Palm Sunday. We're in a society today. I, I love asking kids, and you all do this this week. Ask them what this coming Sunday is. You know what you're going to hear? You think you're going to hear, Well, Jesus died upon an old rugged cross, and on the third day he arose from the grave. You know what, you know what you're going to hear from most kids today? Well, I get to get some Easter eggs. And I get to eat some candy. I get the Easter bunny is going to be around. And then when we say as a society, well, it's terrible that our kids don't know what Easter is all about. Guess what? When you say it's terrible about society, guess who's in the society? Me and you. We need to be teaching our kids it's okay to have Easter eggs and it's okay to have candy. It's okay to have all of these other type of things. But Easter, we need to make sure our kids and our grandkids, and that you know too, Easter is when Jesus committed the greatest sacrifice in all the world. He gave up his life for you. He could have called, what? 10,000 angels to bring him down off of that cross. He could have. But he died upon a cross for you 
on a cross for you. Today, rejoice in that. Rejoice in that and know that, share with others about the greatness of God. And when you talk to them this week about Good Friday service or about Easter Sunday next Sunday, don't go up to them and say, well, we want to invite you to Good Friday service. There's going to be seven preachers there. Can you imagine how long seven preachers are going to preach? But I'm going to go because the preacher wants me to go. I'll, I'll, I'll go down there and see what's going on. No, that, I promise you something. If you come to me and told me about that, I probably wouldn't be there either, right? Rejoice in knowing that we have seven men that's willing to preach for God, right? Seven men that's willing to come and, and preach the word of God to us. Rejoice in that gracious love of God. Tell your father, tell your mothers, tell everyone around that God is alive and well and he wants to speak to you. This morning, whatever God's laid upon your heart and upon your mind, on this Palm Sunday, we as Christians should be what? Rejoicing, waving our palm leaves, shouting Hosanna on this Sunday of great goodness of God. God is good to you. Today, what can you give back to him? Well, what's so great about God? There's a lot of people, you know, Sheila's asking, what do you want for your birthday? I just, that's a tough question, isn't it? What, what, do, what do you want? In Christmas time, I get that. What do you want for Christmas? Well, I always look at people and go, I honestly don't know. Well, you know what? God, God only wants one gift from you at Easter or at Christmas or at your birthday or whenever it may be. All he wants is what? For you to give your heart and life over to him. That's all he wants. So today, you want to give Christ a gift? Turn your heart and life over to him. You know what he'll give you? He'll give you the keys to heaven. That's a pretty good trade-off, isn't it? He'll give you the keys to heaven when you turn your heart and your life over to him. Listen to him this morning as we have a closing song.